Winning season returns at MyBookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means survivor, super contests, and squares. At MyBookie, winning season means hitting all your parlays and props with your feet up watching your team trounce their rivals. Rejoice! It's time to celebrate the NFL season. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code ZABE and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. From live betting to championship futures, every play you want to make is waiting at MyBookie. It's simple. Make your picks. Win big. Collect your cash. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today, only at MyBookie. Today on the ZABEcast, if you thought the NFL was going to provide a respite from social justice warrioring in sports, think again. Here they come, but with a word of caution. My old buddy Mark Spencer from Jacksonville joins me. He wants to unload on the Jaguars fiasco and talk TrackMan technology, not just for golf, but for baseball too. All that plus your daily roundup of Corona headlines, the good, the bad, and the insane. Your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! (laughs) Here we go! Wednesday, September 2nd, 2020. Thank you for joining me, and thank you for downloading. What a day it was for the Big Ten Conference, in which President Trump tweeted out that he had had a good conversation with Commissioner Kevin Warren and that the ball was at the one-yard line. What? Of course, many on Team Virus, including my friend Dennis Dodd, said, yeah, on the one-yard line with 99 yards to go. He didn't like it, Dennis Dodd, that the Big Ten had allowed Trump to insert himself into a potential change of mind for the Big Ten Conference. And I don't know why the Big Ten allowed it either. It seems insane to me because Trump has potentially cornered the league into a huge win for him. Let's say the league was already saying, holy shit, we're going to get left behind. There goes the boat. There goes the season. What are we doing? And they said, we got to move it up. We got to declare defeat and just go ahead with, say, a October, let's call it, an October um, start. If they were already moving that direction with an excuse like, oh, rapid testing, saliva testing, that's our excuse, we're going to use that, then uh, guess what? They've just handed Trump a big talking point. If they end up going to October, Trump can say, I had a, co- I had a good call with the commissioner. I helped straighten it out. Whether or not it's true that Trump saved fall football in the Big Ten in the Rust Belt states that will decide the election, it doesn't matter if it's true. Just like everything nowadays. Truth, what's true is what you say is true. It'll benefit them. I don't know what the Big Ten's going to do. There is a lot of chatter. But it seems more and more increasingly likely to me they can't stand firm. That they are going to cave because they're feeling this antsy right now. And it's only Tuesday. Wait until this first wave of games comes through this weekend. Not even with the big boys yet. Just the first wave of trickle-out universities. And 
watch how the public soaks it up and watch how the reaction is. That's when the Big Ten is going to probably scream uncle. <laughs> it's where the Big Ten is going to – they're going to safe word at that point. Oh, banana, banana, stop. We'll play. Let's just get a schedule. Besides, the Big Ten has got to get themselves a schedule for the winter. Chop, chop. If they're going to do a Jan 1 start, they have so much work to do, and these months they fly by, don't they? So get cracking on that quickly. Oh, by the way, remember that 500 cases at Alabama? Oh, my God. Some people, like my good friend and colleague Drew Olson, made a big to-do about it. Stick it into my face. Hey, how about that 500 cases? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess what? The number is actually 1,300, quote, cases, really positive tests, not cases per se, out of a student body plus faculty and staff of 48,000, something like that. Zero hospitalizations. Zero. So that's the real number right there. And you don't hear a lot of reporting on that anymore. Like, oh, my God, uh, 500, 1,300 cases. This is going to repeat itself, not just around the country, but around the world. There are charts you can see of the new cases in Spain and in France. And if you look at the case chart or the positive test chart and their graph, their wave, they're seeing a new uptick in, quote, cases or positive tests. You know what's not budging? Fatalities. Absolutely dead flat. One wave back in the spring and then boop, flat after that. But here comes the NFL. Peter King writes, watching on TV this fall, the game will look different. Nike has made a t-shirt that players can wear in pregame warmups. It's optional. It's the brainchild of Houston Safety and NFLPA Executive Committee member Michael Thomas and designed by Vogue Wilborn of the NFLPA. I don't know what the t-shirt looks like. I'm sure it's got a wonderful phrase on it. End zones will have it takes all of us on one end line and end racism on the other. Coaches and game officials will be able to wear patches on their cap with the name of a black victim or with one of the four messages, it takes all of us, Black Lives Matter, or an end racism or stop hate. Each week, the NFL will select one victim's name and tell the story of that person in and around the games. Oh, tell the story of that person. What story is that? The whole story or just a beautifully cleaned up story? Because here's a doozy. Twitter has suspended the account of the aunt of the former girlfriend of Jacob Blake who was digitally raped and accosted and whose mom called 911 because Jacob Blake had stolen her keys and had threatened her and whose apartment he'd entered illegally before being shot by police, the aunt of that young girl posted the following and got her Twitter account suspended. Quote, I just hope you never have to have a family member raped and abused and then sit back and watch the Boston Celtics and the L.A. Lakers literally demand justice for your rapist during your attempt to get justice for your family member. Jacob should be in jail, and I hope that happens. By the way, it does appear that the uh, aunt of this young lady is black, for what it's worth. 
Jacob raped my niece. The cops were called because he came back to her house, took her keys, and he's not supposed to be there. Somebody cr- chimed in, all caps, because, you know, that makes your point better on Twitter, all caps. He still shouldn't have been shot seven fucking times, said the aunt, quote, he should have been shot 50 times for what he did to my niece, but hopefully he survives so we can put him in jail. The real story of Jacob Blake is not pretty, and it's out there via the police account and via his prior criminal record. Just like the account of George Floyd, and the life of George Floyd is not pretty. And the fact that he went to jail multiple times for multiple things. And if you watch the body cam video of that arrest, it will paint a picture that is fuller it won't absolve uh, won't absolve officer chauvin from the final 5 minutes kneeling on floyd's neck which to me the layperson not a police officer not having been trained looked like excessive and careless force was it racist that's obviously what's turning the country inside out right now but the previous 8 minutes plus of that arrest attempted arrest was incredible. Incredible in a way of like, wow, it's incredible the patience the officers are showing here. And the three other rookies on that call were doing everything they could to calmly and professionally arrest George Floyd and working with him, letting him sit down. At one point, Floyd said, I I can't breathe and wanted to lie down. He said, I want to lie down. I can't breathe. Also, he was under heavy dosages of fentanyl and methamphetamine for what it's worth. Doesn't absolve the final four minutes. Just my lay person's take at this point, not knowing more of the details. I think Chauvin is a tough case because of that last five minutes showing clear indifference to, Hey, do I really need to be kneeling on his neck right now? Did it actually cause death? Does that matter? That's going to be for a jury to decide. The other three guys, I think it's an outrage they're even under arrest and been charged. If you watch the the arrest cam video, they did everything they could for a guy who was huge and strong and trying to arrest him and do it professionally, plus the fact that they had barely any experience under them as police officers. But those are the whole stories that, you know, if the NFL really wants people to hear the whole stories of these particular victims of police involved death and or shooting, then the whole story is going to tell something else. But interesting that the aunt of the uh, young woman who was raped by Jacob Floyd had her Twitter account suspended because, yeah, I guess you can't say what she said, even if it is your family member. That's a tough one. Imagine watching your daughter get raped or your, your niece get raped and then seeing the Boston Celtics and the LA Lakers demand justice for the rapist. Does Should he have been shot seven times in the back? I don't know. Two times, once in the leg. If he had been shot in the front, getting into the car, would that have been a, a, okay? I, you know, everyone wants to play armchair police officer. Nothing is black and white. Things are shades of gray, so... Here comes the NFL. Uh, If you can stomach it, you'll watch it. Many of you have told me you can't and you won't and you're out.
and I'm not here to judge either way. I am a third-party, value-added vendor of your sports-loving experience. I'm not the actual leagues themselves. I'm not a TV partner. I'm a guy who comments on them and analyzes them and has fun talking about them. And I get the sentiment for those who are saying, I can't, I won't, I'm fed up. But I'm here to try to be as honest and as level-headed of an arbiter of what's going on as possible. The football season is less than 10 days away with the reigning champs set to take the field in the kickoff to the season. There's no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To celebrate week one of the football season, DraftKings is putting you in the center of the action with two shots at $1 million of a top prize. So get in on all the action now. Making it rain with DraftKings is easy. Draft your team, stay under the salary cap, pile up points for yards, touchdowns, and so much more. On top of that amazing offer, DraftKings is giving away a share of up to $100 million in prizes to all users who enter their free football survivor pool. All you have to do is sign up for DraftKings. Enter their survivor pool and you'll instantly get a share of up to $100 million in giveaways. With all this cash up for grabs, there's no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code ZABE to get a free shot at a million-dollar top prize. And for a limited time, get your share of $100 million in prizes once you enter DraftKings' free survivor pool. That's promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo to get in on all the action for a limited time only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Other terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Okay, let's call my man Spence, see what he is up to. He called me out of the blue the other day and he uh, had some uh, interesting things to say about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Love my man Spence. What's up, big dog? Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Spencer, the king of Jacksonville, Florida, my adopted hometown and founder of Sports 4N6. That's the number 4N6 LLC. Get it? It's Sports Forensics. You can find them on Twitter at The Data Cage. The Data Cage. And uh, Spence, it is good to talk to you, buddy. You are now in the field of using TrackMan and high tech in the baseball world, aren't you? Yeah, it's um, great to talk to you, by the way. Um, good to see I, you, buddy. I, yeah, you too. So, you know, I, you know, I come from the golf world, as you know, and um, as my oldest son, who is now beginning college, um, as he got into baseball his freshman year and needed a high school, you know, size bat, um, he was like, hey, dad, I need to buy a bat. So, you know, being in the golf industry, so, Zabe, I'll ask you this. If you wanted to buy a driver, are you just going to go somewhere and grab one off the shelf, or are you going to go get fit to it? Hell no. Nowadays, go get fit. Right. Well, the baseball industry doesn't even know the word fit, okay? <laughs> it's all based on these subjective, like, some dad told another dad, this one bat is hot, and all this. Nothing is verifiable. It, everything was completely subjective, and you know me. I had been using TrackMan and FlightScope data in golf and doing lessons and, and you know, working with Nike Golf and for years. Quick and, quick and background I, on Mark. Mark yeah, played college yeah. high school football in Oklahoma and mm-hmm. uh, great athlete and great golfer. You worked for Nike uh, selling their clubs for a number of years. 
Uh, yep. you also, did you also play baseball in high school? You know, that's the one sport I didn't play, baseball. Okay. So you were yeah, which, a which, football quarterback who then got into golf pretty much when your football career ended. Yeah, because I wanted to stay competitive, right? Like most of us do. Exactly. Is, um, our, our talent level or height or genetics just only takes us so far. And um, But, you know, we still have the competitive uh, gene in us. And right. So you working and, for and, Nike as yeah. the as the data revolution was underway with the sophisticated machines coming out 10, 15 yeah. years ago, TrackMan, you're like, shit, why don't I do this for baseball? Because I've heard these bats cost as much as a brand new driver. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it's $399, $400, you know, $450 bats. <laughs> all based off... All based off of a yeah, so and so said that this bat's hot. Oh, it's insane, right? <laughs> so, so, um, so when I realized that and and that was going on, I was like, hey, um, there might be an opportunity here. So, FlightScope, who you know, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, and a lot of players use FlightScope. FlightScope is like TrackMan, like Honda is the Toyota. They're basically the same thing, just two different brands. They're both radar-based technology. Mm-hmm. So, um, they made a baseball only specific unit right at that time. They started making one and I'm like, Oh, let's go. You're like, I'm in, let's do it. Yeah. So, um, I, um, I, I, I rented some space in a, in a a workout facility and got a net and I started tracking athlete uh, movements and, and results and just, you know, the baseball industry had never seen anything like it. All I did was bring the protocols over from golf. I mean, I didn't invent anything. I just brought it over. But sure. I was I was viewed as this revolutionary, um, you know, <laughs> person bringing these crazy ideas to the to the baseball world. And uh, lo and behold, um, you know, I went in thinking just you know maybe to help with bat fitting, but I realized quickly that the revolutionary uh, the revolution in baseball and softball really was in using data for player development and, you know, tracking a player's motion and movements and progress and abilities. And, and I kind of morphed into that side as well. So that's, that's I just so saw cool. a big, big need for it. Yeah. It's been How- fun. It's because I didn't bring any, I didn't bring any um, bias to the table. Cause like we just talked about, I didn't play baseball. So I bring zero bias or well, the way I did it, I don't bring that to the table. Yeah, I'm you completely didn't, objective. Yeah, you didn't give a shit. By the way, your son's no. name is. Jackson Spencer. And he is going to what university? He goes to Milligan University in um, uh, just outside Johnson City, Tennessee. Where? Million? Million? Milligan. Milligan. Okay, Milligan University. Is he playing baseball there? He's playing baseball, yeah. Fuck He's excited. yeah, that's great. And what, what level awesome. is it? What, uh, what so division? It's, it's, NA, it's NAIA. Okay. But, and so with the, you know, what's funny about NAIA is there's not as many restrictions as um, – as uh, you know, D1, you know, NCAA, as far as player movement and, um, and ages, like there are famously, you know, 24, 25 year old guys who, who basically like, yeah, I, I think I can still play some college baseball and just, and we'll shut and up. Roll. Oh yeah. There's kids <laughs> with, I mean, not on his team, but there's some, there's, there's some full ass grown men he's going to be playing against, which is kind of cool. Right. They're, but, treating, um, they're treating NAIA schools like a Ponce de Leon <laughs> league. Hey yeah. man, I'm 33, but I can still bring it. <laughs> Let me go play. Yeah, like what was that? What was the uh, famously the uh, the 16 year old that ended up uh, pitching in the Danny Almonte? Yeah, Danny Almonte. Yeah, there's a lot of that situation. But real quick, but the thing about the Milligan right now is, you know, Bowling Green and a bunch of other schools they cut baseball 
Furman. Oh, I know. These are D1 schools. So now these players were looking for places to play. Oh, shit. And so not only can they not transfer to other D1s, remember, they gave everybody an extra year of eligibility. So every roster, like here's a great example. University of Florida last year, they were a very strong team, top five team. They returned. They, nobody got drafted, and they returned everybody. So think about this. Now they've got an incoming class of nine to ten kids. What the hell are they going to do now? Oh, it's, oh, it's insane. It's going to oh, be it's tough. It's a backlog. It's going to be it's tough. Is this, is this going to affect your son's career? Are there going to be a bunch of no. D1 ringers that flood to Milligan yeah. just to get some time? Yeah, there are a few, but okay. but the way he looks at it and the way I look at it, well, better look, competition. If yeah, if you're good enough, cool. you're good enough. Yeah, that's good. That's a good way to look at it. That's good. That's yeah. awesome, man. I'm happy for him. Yeah, he's a good kid. All right, so uh, and you're in Jacksonville, so people mm-hmm. are like, "Shit, man, that sounds great. I wanted, I want to do that for my son who's into baseball." Uh, what, what would you say to people that want something similar uh, in terms of where they live for data yeah. for their kid? What who, who's who else is doing this? Well, you know, there are, you know, there's a little, uh, there's a guy in Wise, Virginia, like the small town that, that, that is uh, named Chad Longworth, that is a revolutionary guy. There's, there's a driveline in Seattle that's, that's a huge okay. program. So there are a lot of places. Um, I, look, if why someone's we, listening, why don't we franchise? They can just this. DM me. Shh. Oh, we, you and I just shh. like, let's yeah. not tell this. Let's get, let's get uh, cages <laughs> in every major city and let's just go. <laughs> Because so these, these, yeah. these parents, Spence, they'll spend anything oh. on their kids. They're fucking crazy. Oh, my gosh. They're insane. Yeah. yeah. $400 bat, $800 bat. They'll say, I want the 800 one. It's it's twice as good. It <laughs> yeah, won't be any better. Good. Oh, suckers. <laughs> By the way, these yeah. bats are aluminum, right? Or titanium? Titanium, Oh, yeah. Right? So, so, so uh, no, they're, they're alloy or composite. Um, so and for high school and college level, there's the classification what's called BB core. So they're regulated. Um, and so they're, they tried to slow down the ball speed about uh, seven, eight years ago. So they have this new composite, it has a stamp yeah. on it. So they have composite and, and, and metal, but they're trying to have them act more like wood bats. Did it work? Um, yeah, it did. It okay. slowed up. It wasn't as dangerous now for the pitchers because these guys were oh, God, starting yeah. to. Oh, it was. It was dangerous. It was really, really, really crazy. And and baseball players today now weightlifting, they understand that you, wow, there's an advantage to being strong. Wow, who knew? And and you know, it, as recent as ten to fifteen years ago, you had these old school dumbass baseball coaches that would say, oh, you don't want to lift, lift weights, weights and get bulky. Yeah. That's horseshit. Have you seen the major league players? I mean, so I've yep. got a few major league guys that are clients, and and I and I help some co- collegiate teams with some of my data services. Dude, why don't you come out in the field in BP and see these dudes in T-shirts? The dude that is your small utility guy is freaking jacked. Yes. Dude. He is jacked. Right. And uh, you look at a guy like Fernando Tatis Jr. right now. It's talk of oh. baseball. I mean, everybody oh. loves a player like that. That's where the game Fantastic. is, man. Speed, strength, all that stuff. You got to do it well, clean, though. The... You can't roid it up, but you can still right. well, train and lift it. weights and be strong and dominate. And here's my thing. And, and, and so now what's exciting about it is, is we can measure how Fernando Tatis moves. Now we can measure right. this. We can measure hip, his hip back angles, speed. We can measure flex. his bat angle. Yeah, we can measure yeah. you know, attack angle, all this stuff. And we, we measure exit velocity, launch angle, spin rate, all this stuff. So now that the stuff is measurable, you can then get yourself measured and then say, Ooh, wow, I got a long way to go. And, 
not like some high school kid's going to be trying to compare himself to Fernando Tatis, but you know what he is going to be comparing himself to? A collegiate player. So now we have that data right. that says, look, if you think you're a D1 player, just because you're some hot shot in your town or your high school, guess what? Your high school might suck. And so you think you're the best player on your high school team. That doesn't mean shit. Exactly. Okay. You know, so before we pivot to the Jaguars, I know you want to get off on <laughs> what a week it's been uh, for your beloved Jaguars. Uh, I got to ask you about DeChambeau because, first of all, a little background here. So, so Mark listened to me when I was on Fox Sports Radio and I was cleared in Jacksonville oh, yeah. and invited yep. me to come down and play golf on my way to Miami for the Super mm-hmm. Bowl one year. And I said, sure, I got nothing else going on. I, of course, land in Jacksonville during, you know, a random midwinter cold snap and i'll never we call it a nor'easter it was an actual (laughs) so basically it's a wintertime hurricane off the off the shore but go ahead it it fucking rained it was cold and we went out and played anyway and as you said to me a line i'll never forget you said some of the coldest golf i've ever played has been in florida and it stuck with me because when you're in florida especially when it can be cold like the winter, you're there for one reason, to play golf like I was. The golf course is never closed. Well, and that's the thing. And so I'm down there. I got two days to play before I go down to Miami. I'm like, fuck it, I want to play. So we went out and played in some of the coldest, windiest weather ever, and I loved every minute of it. But anyhow, and and I remember also, by the way, that was when we went out to a, a sports bar and we were watching Tim Tebow highlights from the Senior Bowl. Uh-huh. And it was the first time that they had put old Timmy under center. And he had oh like five fumbles. And I remember you saying, because you played quarterback in, in, in high yep. school, you're like, oh, shit, he's a, he's a really good college player and a nice kid, but this is a disaster. He can't take yep. a snap under center. And then he had his you little You know the enemies I made here in town with that opinion? Oh, oh, you probably were the devil. I was. I lost. I lost friends. So literally, I lost. I lost two Facebook friends um, from this. Yes. I don't doubt it. And by the way, I have the highest regard for Tim Tebow as a human being. He oh, is yeah, fucking sure. awesome. I do think yeah. he's wasting his time as a baseball player, but it's his life. And and the Mets are the Mets are indulging him. So go for it. But yeah, okay. So on the DeChambeau front, you yeah. being a golfer and you being a guy of numbers. I want to mm-hmm. get your take on DeChambeau. I am both simultaneously done with him because I think he's got <laughs> douchebag qualities and yet simultaneously uh-huh. fascinated with what he's doing because it is so crazy mad scientist and he's getting results, Spence. He's not finishing 110th, you know? There is no one more punchable than him on the tour. <laughs> yes. Okay. Hey, we'll get that. There's without question, nobody more punchable. Um, I mean, guys like Kevin Nall are like, thank God you're here. Right. <laughs> so, yes. so, um, but no, I'm the same way. I think what I'm a disruptor. I love people that are disruptors and, and thinkers. And um, what Bryson is doing is just feeding his, the way he operates. Right. Oh. Not And like, you know, we use data. Okay. Here's a perfect example. Dustin Johnson. You, you think telling him his attack angles and his face angle and approach angle of his driver swing is going to help. He's going to look at you with that blank freaking stare that he does. Okay. And the numbers aren't going to help him at all. I can hit it. Uh, oh, okay. Come in shallower. All right. Sure. Yeah. How's this one? And that's it. And then it's like, it. when is my next swingers party with Paulina? 
end of story. Right. But Bryson's different. You know, uh, my, my buddy Ronis on the golf show up here said six-degree driver. He goes, where would you go before TrackMan to test that out to see if it worked as a theory? And I right. said, I don't know, a 400-yard field with a teenager and a shag bag? I don't know. I think he's great for the game. Even though he's not likable, he's a douche and all that stuff. I think he is great for the game because – um, he's showing the, there are other ways, ways to do stuff. Other ways to do it. And guess what? And just like golf does, golf will chew you up and spit your ass oh, out. Yeah. And, you know, he goes out and he wins a tournament or two and he hits it a mile. And everyone's like, oh, the golf team. Well, he hadn't won shit since. No, he hasn't. But, I mean, the other thing, too, which is great, is nobody doesn't love seeing missiles. And with the track man oh, on TV, gosh. with the oh. shot tracer on TV, to see him hit a fucking 400-yard missile that's straight as a wedding dick. I mean, anyone has to appreciate that. To see him it's just so dominate nice. golf courses, you're like, this is crazy. He's swinging like a meathead on the long drive tour. He's swinging like the asshole in the air hammer commercials from back in the day mm-hmm. oh my god jack hammer yeah and yet he's actually putting it in play which is amazing all right let's get to the jaguars and then i'll let you go uh spence is moving today so it's amazing he is all dusty and sweaty he's got his garage almost all packed up the jaguars <laughs> caused you to call me out of the blue after uh-huh. the ngakwe trade and then the fournette release go yeah so, as a Jaguars fan, you, you look at the businessman that is our owner, Sud Khan, who's very successful. And you, you're starting to realize now he's running this team the way he would run a business. And if you're a football fan, you do not want your owner to run your team like it's a business because he's always going to try to be profitable. He's not going to take risks on players and stuff. He's going to go ahead and sell, buy low and sell high. Right. That's what business people do. And so that's what he does. And he does it with his Premier League team, Fulham. He owns Fulham as well. So Mm -hmm. um, it's it's been amazing. The Jaguars, though, this started before Con. So if you go back to what, 2008, they've drafted all of their first round picks between 2008, 2017. None of them are on the roster. Zero. That's incredible. How can you how can you be 2000 the year 2020? And not have any of your first round picks from all those years, right? And expect to compete. So um, that's the part that's amazing. But you know, this all the, the story that people don't talk about is this all started in 2018. So 2018, Tom Coughlin is our general manager. You know, he is about as old school as they get. And um, so I don't know if you remember the Buffalo Bills game. So. In yeah. the, so the, it was the terrible. Jags were there. It made my eyes freeze over. It was <laughs> nine to six. It was windy, and neither Bortles yes. nor uh, what's his name could do shit. Uh, the kid for Buffalo, Josh, Josh Allen, right? Josh, no, no, was, no, uh, the other the guy. Black, oh, the, uh, Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod right? Taylor. Tyrod. Yes, yes. So, so um, it was, it was, uh, it was that game, and um, and there was a fight on the other side of the sideline in the end zone so if you think about it you're the jaguars you're you're on the bench and there's a fight and he fournette runs across that's the right. field that's right. and gets in a, and starts throwing punches it well gets then ejected. he gets suspended and suspended, he's ejected, yeah. so now he's suspended Idiot. like what the hell and then and then the same year he gets this little ankle injury out of nowhere well i've i would just tell you this i know for a fact he didn't show up to hardly any 
of his I mean, he wasn't practicing why not just treatment. come to the stadium and get your rehab right. he didn't do any of his treatments yeah. okay so he never showed up for those and then late in the season he and tj yelled it was the last season of the last game of the season at houston and they are sitting on the bench during the game and just yucking it up and laughing and their jags are losing well usually and you know as we always do and it was just awful and so it all started then and the jaguars then took a um a page out of like oh look in your clause that your agent Ari Nassim uh, negotiated your rookie clause he forgot to take out that if you're suspended you're guaranteed they're gone yeah so the jaguars pulled out his guarantees Yikes. now he lost millions of dollars because of that suspension now here's the thing Ari Nassim who got it basically got ended up being embarrassed by not taking that uh, 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 the clause out on the rookie deal he was also Yannick Ngakwe's agent. Uh-oh. So now he's pit- now he's pissed at the Jags, okay? And now he's really in for it because now that he's got a great player in Ngakwe who they need to get you know signed. So it has been the biggest pissing match for the last two years between basically and Fournette Paul- and Ngakwe and Nassim and basically – Jalen Ramsey the year before. That was an ugly show. Yes, game. yes. And these are and all so very they- talented players, but – this is where I think, uh, Spence, you've got to really scout. We want talented players, but they're not going to be douchebags. You know, one thing that is happening here that you don't hear about. So, do you remember Telvin Smith? Yes. Running back. Yeah. So, Florida State. No, Telvin Smith, Florida State linebacker. Um, oh, Telvin we, Smith. Who is the Telvin running back for Atlanta? Telvin Coleman. Never yeah, mind. yeah, Telvin Coleman. Okay. Telvin Smith, yes. So, so, so you had Telvin, okay, who, um, who, who played so good his rookie year out of Florida State was 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 awesome that he actually earned a rare second contract with the Jags, signed for big money. Okay, well, um, this is <coughs> this is all at the same time. Well, he just ups and retires. That's right. Um, last year, okay, he's like twenty four years old. Well, he ups and retired, and now he's been arrested for sex with a minor and all kinds of stuff and holding parties at his house. And so it's really gotten ugly. So you had this, you had between Ngakwe, Fournette, Ramsey, and Telvin in the locker room. It was it was just totally toxic. It was and, awful. And the Jags were 15 minutes away with a 10-point oh. lead from going to the Super Bowl, slaying Tom Brady, possibly sending yep. him into an early retirement, and you let him off the hook. And then bad decisions started to follow, such as, well, we'll pay Blake Bortles because, God, we feel bad. And I guess he's the guy. No, he wasn't the guy. Then the whole uh, Nick Foles debacle last year, Jalen Ramsey. Now this. Man, I want I want the best for you and your team, but is there hope on the on the horizon at least? Not, not really. And you know, the <laughs> one really. thing that the one thing that people in Jacksonville complain about is when we rarely do do well. Okay, is people go, oh, we don't get any recognition. You know, we're not getting any any recognition national media. Well, guess what? Right now, you don't want it because what's been going on here. If this if this was going on in any other market, especially like a market like you know D.C. or New York or Dallas. It would be the story, the ineptitude and of the leaving of all these players has been unbelievable. Well, you know what you do still have, as always, in Jacksonville? The great Leonard the great Leonard Skinnerd. 
Yes, as we I, do. As I said for the week of the Super Bowl in Jacksonville, I came up with a new phrase for your lovely town every day, and one of the phrases was, Jacksonville, good enough for Skinnerd, good enough for you. <laughs> yeah, they're from here in town. Bro, I got to get back down and see you. Uh, once again, your deal for those in the Jacksonville area, and I've got listeners all over the country. Yeah. It's called uh, Sports 4N6, as in yep, forensics, 4N6, yep. LLC. It's yep. uh, at the data cage on Twitter, at the data cage. Hell, even if you're not in Jacksonville, maybe you Please just have some out. questions, ideas, you name it. Reach yes. out to Spence and say hi. Yep. Yeah, reach out. My DMs are open. Reach out at whatever market you're in. I promise you, I know somebody. If you have a baseball or a softball player, um, let me give somebody a heads up. Why don't you go out and, and find out how your player's doing and, and get some actual data on them. I love it. Slide into his DMs, but not if you're a thought because he's happily married with a lovely wife. All right, yes, buddy. Yes, I am. All right, talk to you later, right, Spence. Brother. Thanks. Take care, buddy. We'll see you. Man, I ain't got nothing against Jacksonville. They just shouldn't have had the Super Bowl because they didn't have the infrastructure for it. And we caught a shit week, to say the least. Duval County in northern Florida. What were my other sayings for Jacksonville? Oh, yeah, Jacksonville, Buffalo by the sea. Jacksonville, yep, that's about it. (laughs) Jacksonville, technically not Georgia because it really was almost south Georgia. Okay, let's wrap up with some coronavirus news. Rules for thee, but not for me. The latest politician to get snared in the, oh, was that wrong? Should I not have done that? Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Security footage was leaked out on Tuesday showing her with wet hair. No mask walking across the floor of a salon that had been closed down in her home district of San Francisco. Had to get a little blowout for her due, you know? And of course, some people are going crazy about this. And rightfully so, by the way, when I saw some people. Many people don't give a shit because they just elect her and re-elect her and re-elect her and forever and ever and ever. They love her. This ain't going to dent her popularity in San Francisco. Sure, some people are going to gripe like, I wish I could get my hair cut. But again, it's just another one of these elected officials, politicians, experts, where they're like, oh, yeah, fuck, I'm not going to pay attention to the rules. Andrew Cuomo was seen sans mask, photographed sans mask walking his dog. Andrew Cuomo. This after his brother Chris Cuomo broke quarantine early on after his harrowing ordeal with COVID-19. Phil Kenny, mayor of Philadelphia, where indoor dining is closed, seen in Maryland, across the state line, dining, and gave a sorry, not sorry, pseudo non-apology about it. Ralph Northam, caught without a mask, right before he issued a statewide mask mandate. Mayor Lori Lightfoot, in Chicago, caught getting a haircut early on in the pandemic, weren't supposed to do it. Governor Pritzker, Illinois, leaving across state lines when he had banned other people from doing it to go to his farm in Wisconsin. Fauci at the baseball game with a mask down around his chin, and on and on and on. I mean, revolutions involving violent overthrows have been done for less, and yet, sadly, the violence is only directed uh, in other places for other reasons. And oh, by the way, they've got no plan. These technocrats and these 
governors, mostly Democratic, although some Republican. I would say DeWine in Ohio is a fucking useless dummy. A bug-eyed, scared dummy. He looks so scared. <laughs> He's got these big glasses. But certainly most Democrat politicians, no, they, freedom? You don't have any freedom. Fuck you. We got you now. We'll tell you what you can and can't do and when you can and can't do it. Here is the governor of Rhode Island, Gina Raimondo, despite the fact that the reproductive rate of the virus is well below one. There is no pandemic to speak of. Uh, there's very few hospitalizations, very few deaths. Oh, no, 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 no. This here was her words today. This is almost chilling, if you ask me. Because you guys, you're tuning in at one o'clock. You're keeping your social gatherings to 15. You're wearing masks, following the guidelines, keeping your contact tracing notebooks. It is working. And until we have a vaccine, <laughs> this is the way we're going to have to live. <laughs> And I want to continue to get people back to work, but sure. also keep that test positive rate low yeah. uh, where it is now. We don't want an overwhelmed hospital system, which is happening in many states, but not here. Narrator, there are no overwhelmed hospitals. Listen to that. Pat, 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 you're doing good. Keep it up. Yeah, you're paying it. You're keeping your notebooks. You're wearing your masks. You're not gathering in more than 15. Holy shit. Listen to these psychopaths. Of course, the mandates, the lies, and the gyrations of the lockdown and the mask up crowd and the do-as-you're-told politicians are only going to get worse and more insane before I think the fever finally breaks. Now, I don't know when that is. I hope it's soon, but at some point, it's it's got to break. Here's another one that's right from the book of Insane, the New York Times headline. It's come to this. Ignore the CDC. Oh, so now now you want to ignore the CDC. Earlier, like Trump is not paying attention to the CDC. Now it's like the CDC says we shouldn't be testing asymptomatic people. Ah, hold on a second. Ignore them. The agency's new guidelines are wrong, says the opinion Desk of the New York Times, so states have to step up on their own to suppress the coronavirus. The virus is gonna virus. Oh, by the way, Germany has different standards for positive tests with PCR. They use a 30 amplification cycle limit at which the approximately 90% of U.S. cases would then be negative per the New York Times. But this is not a huge surprise to many people because guess what? We highly incentivize positive COVID tests. The U.S. healthcare system does. So why not have super sensitive testing? It's estimated that we are spending a billion dollars a week at about $150 a pop on testing. And some people think it's not enough. It's fucking crazy. But there is good news on the Rona front. Sweden did such a bad job with COVID, that sarcasm, that the World Health Organization has hired semi-retired Dr. Gasecki of Sweden, who was one of the early guys to go, look, virus going to virus. What are you doing? You can't stop this. You can't suppress it. You can't eliminate it. You can't hide in your house until there's a vaccine. And besides, this thing ain't shit. This is Corey COVID. He's a .26 shooter at best. Sweden's kicking ass on it. No masks. School's back in session, no social distancing. And Gasecki has now been hired by the WHO, 
Whoo! He'll be the uh, vice chairman in charge of the strategic and technical advisory group for infectious hazards. Let's hope he brings some sanity to the who. In Alberta, Canada, an operator of a school now does not need to ensure that students, staff members, and visitors are able to maintain a minimum of two meters distance from any other person. So in other words, in Alberta, the science deniers that they are have said, fuck this social distancing. And the masking of kids is just a cruel experiment. I know of a friend who has a young boy, school-age boy, about 10 years old. The night before he had to go to school and wear a mask, absolutely in tears with his mom and dad talking over and over about saying he was afraid he was going to die. This is what our adults, our supposed responsible adults in charge, have willingly done to our kids. It's fucking evil and cowardly. I can't condemn it enough. And let's see, let's hope it doesn't. Well, I know it's going to have negative consequences for many, and you know some kids will will cry. I mean, I know kids cry and they get freaked out, but again, this this should not even be in their heads. And to reinforce it with you, better wear a mask. How many kids are going to develop a pervasive and enduring paranoia about germs and viruses? And dying. And oh my God, I don't want to hug anybody. I don't want to touch anybody. How long will that last because of this? Because of the teachers' unions. The biggest cowards in all of this who deserve the biggest score. Not every teacher, by the way. Not everyone. Many teachers, outstanding, willing to take the minimal risk. And not down with what the union's doing. But man, at least 50% of them. They are the worst. That said, I'll leave you on a positive note. The tide is turning, certainly in some places. Florida, Ron DeSantis, fucking hero, this guy. Ron DeSantis, total command of the facts, the numbers, the strategy, the the strategy, the limits, and the best outcomes to be had in terms of what government can and can't do, the trade-offs, everything Involved DeSantis has been a stud among studs as a governor. And he had this to say when asked this week about, well, what happens if in the fall and you open up and some of this stuff starts coming back? Take a listen. And so I think that uh, we understand what we need to do, uh, but, but we will never do any of these lockdowns um, again. And I hear people say they'll shut down the country. And honestly, I cringe because you know, we know places that have done that. The most draconian lockdown in the world has been Peru, military in force since March. They have the highest per capita mortality in the world from COVID. And at best, what a lockdown will do is delay. It does not reduce the ultimate uh, mortality. But I think Dr. Alice would agree it creates a lot of other problems uh, with mortality that a lot of uh, that a lot of people don't necessarily focus on. So there you go. God bless you. We will never do these kind of lockdowns again. Let's hope he's still uh, running Florida, and let's hope there's more of him like it, and let's hope that people finally realize this was a huge fucking mistake. I'm I'm hopeful. I don't want to say confident. I'm hopeful that when the fever does break, it'll break and it'll break hard. I'm hoping that my old axiom of, you know, thing, how do things fall apart? Like, how does, how does the mania and the lockdowns and the restrictions... 
and the masking, how does it all fall apart? Slowly at first, and then all of a sudden at the end. I'm hoping the same dynamic plays itself out. But as we know, we're only going to go as slow as the slowest Karen in our society. So we're going to have to hang in there. Keep sharing truth with each other. Thank you for listening. And I know a lot of people say, oh, can you share your links? Can you share your data? It's out there. I don't, I mean, I've done it a few times here on the podcast. I used to include some of the follows on the coronavirus on my public Twitter feed, and I just realized that's just too problematic in this day and age, so I peeled it off onto a separate thing. It's out there. Start with Alex Berenson, okay? Alex Berenson, Michael Levitt, um, Ethical Skeptic. There's three good ones right there. Michael Berenson, Ethical Skeptic, and Michael Levitt. Er, Alex Berenson, <laughs> Michael Levitt, and um, Ethical Skeptic. There's the three right there. You follow those three, and then you watch their retweets, and then you start following their retweets, and then you will get a good base going of what I like to call the the warriors of hashtag team reality. That'll do it for me today. Thank you to Spence. I fucking like, do you guys like Spence? I, I want a little bit more of Spence. He knows a lot of shit, and because he's not in the media, he doesn't care who he pisses off, and he's pretty damn connected with athletes and other people down there. And a great dude. So we're going to have him. We're going to put him more into the rotation. Getting a lot of guys in the rotation now. It's almost like it's going to be a fight for minutes. Thanks for listening. Tell a couple friends. Rate and review so the algorithmic overlords bless our crops. Have yourself a great Wednesday. And we will see you next time.